everybody. Welcome back to Layman's Apologetics, also known as Layman Terms. Uh, still working on the branding there. Been, a, uh, been in a bit of an identity crisis lately, you know how it is. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, not normally it takes a while to figure out these kinds of things out. So, I mean, hey, we're out here. So, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we're Alex... Actually, oh, sorry, keep cutting you off. Yeah, we're actually yeah. still under JVS Productions. So. Yeah, we need to get that fixed. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> Alex, how are you doing this week? Uh, very good, yeah. It's been a pretty good week. Um, how about yourself? Dude, what, uh, hold up. I'm going to stop you right there. What made it good? All right. So, I knew you'd say that. Um, I, I had a lot of time to myself this week. Um, usually, which is not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's a good thing. Usually, I get the chance to work a lot on stuff at our Catholic Center. Um, just hanging out there and doing random stuff, and which is really good. But uh, this week, I just had a ton of stuff to do and I locked in stayed home most days I didn't most days I didn't spend up at the Catholic Center um and I just you know got random stuff done it was really nice um I finished my homework for the week on like Thursday which was really nice usually not done till like Sunday (laughs) and um yeah so it was good um but the one bummer um, I was supposed to be on a retreat this weekend, um, but because of the snow and the ice that we got here, I was not able to make it up to St. Louis, which is where the retreat was. So, ended up stuck here. Uh, that's why we're recording right now. Hey, <laughs> it is like that sometimes. Yeah. I was actually supposed to be walking the streets of Memphis, Tennessee right now, but mm-hmm. uh, again, Springfield, Missouri is a good place, good place to call yeah. home, so, you know, sometimes the ice is uh, just what, maybe it's providential, you never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I had a good day yesterday. We uh, we started the day with some settlers of Catan. A great game. Great I think game. it's truly a game of the, of the people. Uh, game of the people. Everyone. Yeah. It, actually, I'll say about settlers. Either you either love or you hate it. Uh, like a lot of people get mad at like how long it takes. People get mad at like the randomness of the roles, and mm. it, it agitates them. For me, uh, it just gets me even more into it. I love that game. Yeah. Truly. Then some, you just have certain games where it's like, the odds are just killing you. You, you like place all of your, all of your bets are on uh, people rolling sixes or eights. And uh, for people who know the game, sixes and eights are very, very likely. Um, but for some reason, just crazy rolls keep happening. People keep rolling twelves or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's fun, but also, it's wild. It's wild. That's awesome. Uh, so we're now we wanted to move into, yeah, yeah. So we're starting a new thing this week. Every week on layman's terms, we're going to have a section called "Godly or Ghastly." So yeah, it'll be like a two minutes of a hot take on on some topic, um, and at the end of it, we're going to include whether or not we think that topic is godly or whether we think it's ghastly, whether it's it's a bad thing, right? Um, so yeah. This week's hot topic is Valentine's Day. Uh, Alex Shannon, we're starting the two-minute timer now. What do you think about Valentine's Baby. Day? Honest thoughts. Um, I think that, personally, I would not want to celebrate Valentine's Day just because of the fact that it seems very over-commercialized. And also, considering it's called Valentine's Day in honor of St. Valentine's and has very little to do with the life of St. Valentine then it just doesn't seem right to me. But what do you think? Yeah, so I also am not a fan of the commercial 
the commercialization of Valentine's Day. Moreover, when you look at the commercialization of like Thanksgiving and Christmas, like I think there's like a root to that where it's like, while commercial influence has uh, kind of like been put over those original holidays, there's actually something at the root of those original mm. holidays, right? Christmas is celebrating the birth of Christ. Thanksgiving is celebrating, um, you know, our ancestors and their Thanksgiving for the new land and new opportunities, right? Valentine's Day, I don't, you know, as in as much research as I found, basically there's a very like interesting history and no one really has like a deep significance in that history um so yeah the, the day itself i'm kind of not a huge fan of but what i am a fan of is redeeming things for the culture and this is a conversation i've had with friends um had with uh, my girlfriend mackenzie and one one thing that we noted was that like a lot of things are to be like you can show christ through things that are not necessarily in a good spot right now and so, like, the way you live your Valentine's Day, you can actually, like, witness to the culture. You can use that day to witness for a good opportunity. So, yeah, not a huge fan of the day, but I do think that there is opportunity, um, if you if you so desire, to witness the Lord in that day. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I agree. There is a way to witness to the Lord. My parents always got us gifts on Valentine's Day. They, they kind of, like, made it about the family, which I always really liked. Um but yeah, it, uh, also though, I would say that a lot of times when it comes to Valentine's Day, I know we got eight seconds left, but I think that the the central part of it that you're talking about, like with Thanksgiving and Christmas, comes down to like people want this um, idealized form of love, and to them, like Valentine's Day is pursuit is in pursuit of an idealized form of love. I'm going over a little bit on time here, but they don't exactly hit it um, because a lot of times our commercialized society tells them the idealized form of love is giving gifts for each other and um, this is why I think a lot of people like whenever it comes to love languages gifts is always the bottom of everyone's love language um, because people just don't like giving gifts anymore it's just it's hard to give gifts anymore because like it's been so tainted by the culture sorry I went so far over yeah yeah uh, so at the end, godly or ghastly, uh, my conclusion is that the way that it, it can be celebrated in both ways. Mm. Um, so make it a point if you want to celebrate Valentine's Day to make it godly, godly. not ghastly. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. agree. Yeah, so I have a pretty funny story from this week. Um, so two good friends of mine, uh, one being my roommate and one being another friend, uh, they made a bet for the Super Bowl this year. Now, the, the history of this is that they've made this bet the last two years, right? So for those of you that are uh, NFL fans, you know that um, in 20, the 2017 Super Bowl, the Patriots played the Falcons, and the Falcons are winning most of the game. The Patriots come with this like miracle comeback and win in overtime. So that year, uh, my friend Bob had picked the Falcons, and my friend Jacob had picked, no, no, sorry, Bob had picked the Patriots, Jacob had picked the Falcons, right? So Bob's, like, rooting the whole game. He's like, oh, I'm going to win, right? Loses at the end of the game. And the bet was that uh, whoever, like, lost had to shave their head completely, right? So Jacob loses. He has to shave his head. Um, unfortunate times for young Jacob and the Falcons. Um, so the next year, Jacob picks the Patriots. You know, it comes around the same, the same time the next year, and it's the Super Bowl bet again. And again, the bet is shaving your head. And so Jacob's like, dude, I'm taking the Patriots this time because they, like, destroyed me last year with this miracle comeback. Well, Jacob takes the Patriots, and they lose, to those of you who know, in the 2018 Super Bowl, to the Eagles. And so, tough times. Jacob loses two years in a row, one time betting with Tom Brady, or one time betting against Tom Brady, one time with Tom Brady. So come around to this year, right? Patriots, Rams, and Jacob was like, forget it. Brady lost it for me last year. He's getting washed up. I'm taking, 
I'm taking the the good old Rams. So Jacob takes the Rams. Bob takes the Patriots. Well, you know, those of you who watch the game, Patriots obviously win. Uh, but this year, they decided that you could say up the ante. In my opinion, it's up in the ante over the shaved head. Uh, they decided that they were going to dye their hairs blonde. And so Jacob had to dye his hair blonde. And so on Saturday morning, this past about a week ago, I come back to my apartment with um, Jacob, Bob, and they're both their girlfriends, Nicole and Robin there. And I literally walk into Jacob's head over the sink in the hair dye in the hands of Bob. He's wearing an apron, just lathering it up in his hair. Uh, and so it's this two-hour process where we, we have to mess, we mess things up. We have to go get a blow dryer uh, because, like, the, the dye was uneven. But at the end of it, Jacob just looks just a great blonde. Uh, but <laughs> it's incredibly entertaining to me to just be sitting there shooting on my, um, you know, mini basketball hoop the whole time watching this go down. So... <laughs> Uh, pretty entertaining to see your friends uh, make terrible bets and lose them year after year after year. Sorry, Jacob, um, for make this bet again your next year. I hope that you just have better luck. It's just getting tough <laughs> at this point. Nice 0-3. Oh and, oh and next year they got up the ante again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do next year, but we'll, we'll see. I'll be, you better believe I'll be checking in. Yeah. <laughs> so. might, might make the trip up here. We'll see. Might, might <laughs> make the trip. We'll see. Yeah. You want to relate that to our topic of the day? Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to be talking about good friendships. What makes a good friendship? Um, how do you identify good friendships? How do you seek out good friendships? Um, and specifically, we want to talk about how those are going to look different than a lot of friendships that we in our society have been accustomed to developing. Um, and yeah, we want to start as well, starting these podcasts with a word of prayer as we dive into our, our serious topic. Um, Alex, do you want to lead us in prayer? Sure. All right, awesome. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, guide our words today. Guide the hearts of the people listening, that they may be opened. Guide us in genuinity. Help us to authentically be pursuing you, especially as we talk about these things. Help us to speak in a place of humility, knowing that where we are right now ourselves, we've been really blessed with good friendships, and that we want other people to be able to be blessed in that same way. Lord, help us to talk openly about our friendships and talk openly about our faith in those friendships. And Lord, help our friendships give you glory as we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, or without end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, awesome. Well, let's just dive into it. Yeah. Um, Alex, you want to start us off just talking about... Um, yeah, however you want to approach this topic. Yeah. Um, so friendship. <laughs> all, most of us have friends. Um, well, I said all of us. We, we don't want to assume for our listeners. Uh, <laughs> we hope that you have a friend. If not, we'd love to be your friend. Yeah. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe most people have friends. That's a, good, that's a good assumption, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of recognize there's this certain like understoodness like it's understood like you just kind of like know friendship by its by its friendshipness you know you don't often put a definition to it so a lot of times people are just very mindless in their friendship and sometimes we don't recognize whether or not that's a good friendship or a bad friendship because we know we know the fact that there's bad friendships and we know that there's good friendships but we sometimes just don't know the difference so lucky for us there is a few philosophers and theologians who came before us who do have a few of those 
who, who have like kind of thought about those things, um, kind of worked out such things. And I don't know if you want to talk about either of them, but... Yeah, no, I'd be more than happy to. Specifically, yeah, I'd love to talk about our good friend, Aristotle. And Aristotle was a lover of friendships. Friends were a joy of his life. And he specifically wanted to differentiate between different types of friendship. And so many people have taken you know, philosophy classes, maybe in ethics class even, um, have probably heard of these three types of friendships, right? So the first is a friendship of utility. Um, and a friendship utility is one that's like based primarily on the use or benefit someone gets from that relationship. And so like these kind of relationships are the ones in which the two people engaged in that relationship are deriving some sort of benefit from one another. A typical example that's thrown out is like a business type relationship, right? You have a business friend, it's a, it's a person that, you know, you regularly have a deal with them, you can you continually like, you know, pursue that deal with them time after time again. Through that, you actually probably get to know each other because you're spending a, a significant amount of time in each other's presence. And in that friendship utility, right, this business partnership, um, you develop some sort of like understanding of their life, right? So this is a friendship utility. And what difference, what makes this specifically a friendship utility is that the primary focus of that relationship is what you can derive out of it, right? So it's, you're utilizing it for your good, right? So there's the friendship utility. The second type of friendship that Aristotle talks about is a friendship of pleasure. So this is one that's primarily based on the enjoyment that one gets from that relationship. So a lot of times this enjoyment can take many different forms. This can look like enjoyment from shared activity. So let's say that like you grew up playing baseball you have a friend who plays baseball, you guys would always go play baseball together, right? It's a friendship of pleasure. Now, I'm, not, I'm gonna get into the third type of friendship. I'm not gonna say that <laughs> if you share you know, a hobby with someone, that doesn't mean it can't be that third type of friendship, and we'll get into that. But yeah, just know that the point of this friendship of pleasure is that the goal, the reason that you guys are together is specifically that you derive some sort of pleasure from that relationship, and if that ceased, you would cease to also live that relationship. Um, you know, examples, you look at college, a common example I think of this is like, you know, people who are going out to, on the weekends together, people who are, you know, maybe in their same uh, social fraternity or sorority together, those kinds of things, right? Maybe even in ministries, you have these friendships of pleasure, these people that you specifically just spend time with because you enjoy some aspect that they bring you. And if that aspect were to leave, then that friendship wouldn't necessarily be there. Um, now, important thing to note about these two kind of friendships, because I've described these, I think that a lot of people would say that these are terrible friendships. As we transition into this third and final form of friendship that Aristotle talks about, there's an important distinction to say that those two types of friendships are necessary, and sometimes like that is all that those friendships will become. So it's not possible to live this third type of friendship that we're about to describe with everyone. Sometimes you just because of the demands of human nature, the fact that you do only have 24 hours in a day, you can only maintain this virtuous friendship that we're about to dive into with a certain amount of people. So don't necessarily think of these inherently as two bad, one good. Think different levels of friendship that are appropriate to different areas of my life. So this third type of friendship that Aristotle talks about is a virtuous friendship. So this type of friendship is where two people are, what attracts them together is their mutual goodness and they're looking to be in that relationship, not because simply they derive some sort of pleasure out of it, but that they're looking for that other person's good and that other person is looking for their good. Um, and they're working to use that together to work towards another, a higher goal. 
right? So these virtuous friendships are built on the foundation of two people who are striving for for virtue, right? They're striving for living a moral life and they're striving for living, like holding each other accountable to those goals together. And Aristotle also points out that this kind of virtuous friendship can only take place between virtuous persons, right? So it's impossible for a non-virtuous person to live a virtuous friendship. And what that means is it's impossible for someone who's not uh, able to like deny themselves, who's not able to, you know, seek higher challenges, to, to, to seek like the good of other people, to look outside of themselves, not be self-centered. It's impossible for that sort of person to be in that kind of relationship where they're pushing someone to be better. Yeah, and this is the kind of friendship I think that we all instinctively, when we think of what we want in a friend, as much as maybe, I think there's probably gonna be a disconnect here between the friends that we identify in our lives and the friends that we want. And what I mean by that is I think that a lot of times there's a disconnect between this type of friendship and the lived reality of our relationships with others, right? If, if we're being really honest with ourselves and we look around, it may be hard to find even one through you know, three, four of these friends in our life. And this just depends on where you're at, right? So for me, in high school, I didn't have like virtuous friendships. Um, a lot of my friendships were kind of come and go. Uh, they were kind of, you know, these friendships of utility, mostly of pleasure. But when I came to college, like I, I discovered a lot of these friendships of virtue. So yeah, it's a good, as we talk about these topics, it's good to always consider like, what do these look like in my life? Um, Alex, do you have things to say about this? These kind of distinctions, mm-hmm. these three types of friendship? Yeah. You talked a little bit about how, like, if you're not, like, a virtuous person, then, like, Aristotle doesn't think that he you can live virtuous friendship, which is, like, right, that's what you said? Yeah. Uh, also, is- real quick to throw in, when I'm saying Aristotle said this, he said this, if you want to look it up, like, where he actually said this, this is all in Nicomachean Ethics, um, when he talks about his concepts of ethical systems mm-hmm. in um, virtue, virtue-based system of ethics. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, like, I kind of felt like, or, like, I like that. Because, like, you kind of can see, like, when people, like, think of other people as this utility, you can kind of only have friendships of utility, you know? You can, you can't, don't really, you can't really take pleasure in other people if you think of them as this utility. And then, on the other hand, if you think of other people as just this source of pleasure, then you kind of get caught up there at that level. You get caught up in, like, yeah, you have friendships of utility, you can have friendships of pleasure, but you can't really have friendships of virtue because you can't see other people as, like, you can't really see the other people's goodness in the same way. But through the virtue, you can see other people's goodness, and you can have those virtuous friendships. Does that make sense? Does that yeah. add it all to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, like, this this idea that, like, if you're, if the way that your disposition is, is that you, in, you inherently yeah. are looking to use other people, mm-hmm. then it's going to be difficult to develop these friendships of virtue. Now, like I said, because ideally, right, everyone's saying, oh yeah, I want what's best for like the people in my life, right? Mm-hmm. But to actually like act upon that is kind of like getting at this root of virtuous friendship, right? Virtuous friendship is not a, a spoken, um, you know, metaphor. It's not a spoken a promise. It's a lived reality. Mm-hmm. And so... Like, while I may actually desire the good of, let's say, I'll make up a random name, Jeremy Foster. I feel like that's, is that a famous person? That kind of sounds familiar, actually. Whatever. You know, whatever. For, for the sake of the argument, we're just going to go with Jeremy Foster. Oh, I may actually, you know, oh, yeah, I want what's best for Jeremy Foster. If I'm not, like, actually living in his life to support him, um, chances are that that's not a virtuous friendship, right? So maybe Jeremy Foster and I know each other. Maybe I am utilizing him for um, like something that he provides for me or maybe we enjoy hanging out together 
And like I would say, yeah, like I want what's best for Jeremy. But that doesn't necessarily make that a virtuous friendship. The virtuous friendship is all about the action there, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, just an important distinction. And that's why those aren't inherently bad. Just because the reality is you can't actually live that for everybody. It's not mm-hmm. possible to do as a human. Yeah. Maybe for God. Well, he does do that. Uh, and, and actually a little higher. This is just random. I looked up who Jer- Jeremy Foster was. It looks like Jeremy Foster is the pastor, or is one of the pastors at James River Church. So you probably heard it from one of our friends that goes to James River or something like that. Yeah, well, but, <laughs> hope that he's doing good good work there. I've been to that church once. Uh, yeah. It was quite interesting. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was definitely a good message. So, yeah. Um, shout, yeah. Out, shout out to Springfield Churches. So I think that there's also this idea of friendships of utility and friendships of pleasure being bad if they are like in and of themselves but like that's not necessarily true because like having a friendship of utility is much better than having no friendship at all i would say same with having a friendship of pleasure is much better than having a friendship no friendship at all but also there's like a higher purpose to be like served through friendship because like the purpose of friendship is in its and of itself it's to kind of call you outside of yourself and like bring you to that whole it's to bring you to love in the sense of like a self-sacrificial love where you aren't looking out for yourself you're looking out for other people and you're trying to like build other people up or you are looking up out for yourself for, to an extent but more so for other people and that gets played out in virtuous friendships where you love them so much that you want them you desire their goodness you yeah. know and through that then you make certain sacrifices so that they can live out that goodness so yeah absolutely yeah. so that's kind of a brief overview of uh these three types of friendship um that were first again come up with by aristotle mm-hmm. um i i <laughs> If you look at a lot of things you read and you write, t- chances are that somehow they refer back to Aristotle. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, here we are again, just coming back in. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move into my boy, St. Francis of DeSales, or not of DeSales, St. Francis DeSales, <laughs> <laughs> and his eight signs of true friendship that he goes over in his book, The Introduction to the Devout Life. I literally just bought this book. Did I you really? I haven't opened it up yet. Yeah. Someone, I forget, a good friend told me to read it. Uh-huh. So that's funny. Well, I just are. lent it to someone. Um, I bought it for really cheap at a bookstore. I think it was like $4 or something like that for I a bought, copy. Yeah, I bought it for about the same. Yeah. And um, I was reading another book, so I lent it to one of my friends because I desire good friendship out of it. There you go. Look at that. Alex trying to be a virtuous friend right there. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so here I have, because I don't have the coffee, I have an article online with all eight signs of the true friendship. So yeah, we can go over that real quick. I'll just go through them real quick. I'll go through them all, and then we'll go back and talk about them. So the first, the greater the virtue you share in exchange with others, the more perfect your friendship will be. The second, if, you, if your exchanges are based on charity, devotion, and Christian perfection, oh God, how precious this friendship should be. The third, embrace true friendship by encouraging one another to perform good deeds. The fourth, it is necessary to find those who will support us and need our support in promoting the devout life. The fifth, sacred friendship uses plain, sincere language, and it praises nothing but virtue and God's grace, the only foundation on which friendship rests. The sixth, holy friendship has eyes that are clear, gestures that are open, and familiarities that are entirely spiritual. 
complains only that God is not loved. All infallible marks of purity. The seventh, friendship is at all times and in all ways courteous and amiable. The eighth, friends love each other despite their faults and flaws. Just as a gold miner separates the precious metal from the earth or sand, so friends must sort for the best in each other and treasure it. Bang. Bang. Any thoughts on any of this? Uh, how do the, the old prophets of old say spitfire? Uh, I, think <laughs> I think that's from the book of Isaiah. No, I'm just Not kidding. that old, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good list. I was really struck by one, just right off the bat. The greater the virtues you share in exchange with others, the more perfect your friendship will be. Interesting to me because I think this gets back to what Aristotle was hitting at, this mm-hmm. idea of like your ability to be a good friend being perfected by your also ability to just simply human flourishing, living a, a good human life, right? So the greater the virtues that you're sharing in exchange with others, the greater your ability to participate in the pursuit of that which is good with others, the more perfect that friendship is going to be, the more that friendship is going to have a glue that's unbreakable. That's really cool. Um, And it's encouraging, too, to think that, like, when I look at that, to think my friendships now are better than they were three years ago, and hopefully, God willing, like, my friendships in three years from now will be better than they are right now, (laughs) right? Not that I'm discontent, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I don't like my friends now. I have great friends. Uh, (laughs) Besides Alex. No, I'm just kidding. But I have, okay. good, I have good friends right now. And so I think that, yeah, it's, it's super exciting to me. Like, that's a big promise if that means that as I continue to perfect myself and become more like Christ and my friends do the same, that our friendship will grow in our ability to hold these bonds together. That's really cool. Yeah. I think it's also kind of, like, reassuring in a sense of it's, it's almost like more simple that way. Like, you can kind of freak out and stress out as much as you want, like, I just want more, like, I want my friendship to be a better friendship and a more godly friendship. But it could be as simple as, like, you're going to, your virtue is going to grow and you're going to, like, become more perfect in your friendship um, just through growing in virtue, you know? So, yeah, it's almost, like, reassuring that as long as you, like, put forth that effort, it, it can be that simple. But, yeah, the one that stuck out to me was number five. Sacred friendships use plain, sincere language, and it praises nothing but virtue and God's grace, the only foundation on which friendship rests. And it's just interesting to me because the plain and sincere language, for one, like, I talked about this with my small group a couple days ago. The word love is just not very commonly used, and I think it has a lot, it has to do with a lot of things. It's not very commonly used with your friends, you know? You don't tell your friends, like, I love you, like, all the time. Just, like, plain and simple without feeling a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, for one, that that language has been used so differently. It means a lot, and it's, it's... The word has become less plain, but when we use it, like, more sincerely, you know, like... I, like, Trevor, I love you, dude. Dude, I you're love like, you too, bro. Let's go. <laughs> you're a very good friend of mine. And, like, whenever we can, like, use that word with each other and just, we use it with each other, and it's so plain because we understand what it's coming from. And it's also sincere, you know? Like, we're not just saying it because we feel like we have to. We're saying it because, like, you know, we've grown together through these last three years. Uh, we, like, are good 
like I think our friendship is a very virtuous friendship, you know? Yeah. And just the plainness and the sincerity of that. Also, I think that the fact that it, like, praises nothing but virtue, that's something I can struggle with in a way, I guess. Um, like, like I, I think that, for one, I don't praise people's virtue enough, I feel like. Um, mm. Just pointing out, like, dude, I really respect this thing that you did, you know? Um, but I think also, like, I have this tendency to praise people in the easy ways. Like, dude, that's a, that's a bomb quarter zip that you're wearing today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like my quarter zips, yeah. But, yeah, kind of taking that easy way out of... And, and then, like, it also, like, it can lead to an inflation of pride, you know? Mm-hmm. If, if somebody's always getting compliments on their boots or something like that, I can inflate their pride. And, uh, Alex is saying that because he's yeah. wearing some fly boots right now, and he's feeling very fly. Really? Yeah. It's going straight to my head, so... No, <laughs> no I, I got, like, three compliments on my boots last night. I'm like, I, I feel like I wear these pretty often. I never, people never comment on them, but... Yeah, but it's it is one of those things that can go to people's head. Um, yeah, and complimenting people on their virtue and uh, and God's grace too. Yeah, I, it makes me think like when you say like you know say your friendship uses plain sincere language praises nothing but virtue and God's grace. It makes me think of like when something happens in someone's life, whether it be good or bad. What you're praising is not that you're not like man, you rock, bro, like you killed that. You're saying like, dude praise the Lord above like the source of this mm. friendship the source of my life mm-hmm. uh, both of our lives praise him for like what he's doing in your life you know it's like it's like giving glory to that friend but it's not the glory is going back to God and how God honoring that is because it reminds us in humility of like the fact that all the good things that we do or all the you know struggles we face they're all found in the Lord you know like if I go up to him like dude I saw you got like this amazing like award uh, from this organization like, that's so cool what God's been able to do to you through that organization. Like, mm-hmm. congratulations on you being open to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's a much better compliment than, like, dude, you kicked some A and, like, took some names. You know, like, <laughs> it's a much more truthful com- yeah. Uh, compliment, yeah. right? Because it's, it's found in, in the source of truth in the Lord. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I like that a lot, too. And I like this idea of the plain, sincere language because I think a lot, of, like you said, I think especially, I, and I think this is in girls, too, but I see this a lot in guys is that we... Like a lot of times in my friendships with other men, like I see that we don't feel comfortable giving each other sincere compliments about like, like you said, like it's easy for me to be like, dude, those boots are fly. But it's a lot harder for me to be like, Alex, man, like that's really cool that like you've been pushing yourself in that regard. Um, it's been really cool to see the way that you've led your small group or, you know, something like that. Uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was complimenting a guy on his small group and I said, I told him this, I said, you know, you're probably one of the better small group leaders I've seen in years. And I meant it, but it was like really hard for me to say, like I felt awkward after saying that. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be the case, right? And so I think that this, as, as our growth in virtue grows, um, it becomes easier for us to like give sincere compliments and for them not to come in a place, it's not, it's not abnormal for me and my friendships to be very sincere in, mm-hmm. in telling them yeah. you know, that I care about them and moreover to encourage them to continue to pursue the Lord in mm-hmm. their days. Um, and the last part of this sincere language that's big is I think a lot of times there's this struggle in communication. Communication's major. Here we go again. <laughs> right? So there's a struggle in communication where we don't say what we mean. Um, so, like, we'll have hidden expectations for someone, but we won't tell them those expectations, right? So it says here, sacred friendship uses plain, sincere language, right? So the things that mm. we, when we have expectations from people, we are telling them, hey, I have this expectation for you. Like, if I have an expectation from a certain friend, 
and they want to like spend a certain amount of time with me in a week or mm. you know they expect me to like call them when they're upset with something whatever that may be to not allow like us to develop these walls in our friendships because we allow there to be these internal um, things that we um, impose on them mm-hmm. that we've never actually communicated to them yeah uh, and this is a tough one I think specifically and, you know and this is not about this topic is about friendship in general, but I think this one manifests itself a lot in our regular friendships, and it also manifests itself a lot in like romantic relationships between girlfriend, boyfriend, fiancés, you know, husband, wife. Um, these types of like issues of uncommunicated expectations um, cause a lot of mm-hmm. like strife, and it causes a lot of strife in our friendships with each other too, and limit growth. Yeah. So yeah, the sacred friendship. Use plain and sincere language. Communicate expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, praise God's virtue and grace. Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think that that's so important. Um, and I've seen that, like, in my friendships, like, tear up those friendships whenever there's not a clear expectation. There's mm-hmm. not a clear, clear communication of expectations. And I do this to my friends all the time, right? So it's something that we can continue to grow in. Yeah, true. Yeah, a lot of these things, like, I feel like we, we could actually, like, stick on this topic for quite a while. There's a lot of stuff I want to say, but also... Um, we are getting up there in time, so I'm going to go ahead and move into a couple, like, examples that you can see in saints or or just, like, famous speakers or whatever. But we'll, we'll just start out with some saints. Um, but relating this to some saints that we know of, um, St. Ignatius of Loyola and St. Xavier. Very virtuous for St. Francis Xavier, if you want. St. Francis Xavier. I don't know why I wrote St. Xavier. Anyways... A lot of St. Francis's who have close friends, by the way. But anyways, Ignatius of Loyola was St. Francis of Xavier's roommate in college. And I can't remember the exact story, but basically St. Francis of Xavier was huge into the party scene, star athlete, correct? Yep. Um, Sports star. Sports star. And St. Ignatius of Loyola was just on fire for Christ. And they became friends, and I don't remember exactly how, but basically St. Ignatius of Loyola kind of taught St. Francis of Xavier, there's more to this life, you know? And not only did St. Francis of Xavier kind of turn his back on that whole party scene and the whole... Like, this is in the 1500s, by the way. <laughs> this sounds like a modern college place, like the party scene, sports star, and everything like that. This is like 15... 15- something i can't remember humanity has a lot of overlaps yeah. throughout history yeah for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. so saint ignatius of loyola kind of brought saint francis of xavier around and they ended up forming um the jesuits the society of jesus together and that's a religious order that's still prominent today in fact our, our current pope is a jesuit and then another example saint ambrose and saint augustine um saint augustine if i'm uh if i remember correctly started to he when he was still um very much not Catholic. He started going to St. Ambrose's homilies and listening to his speeches as a form of learning more. I think, if, I don't know if this story is correct, but I think that St. Monica convinced him to go because of like, so that he could practice his rhetoric or something like that. I don't know if that's correct, but something like that. Anyways, he was, he was going... Um, listening to St. Ambrose, and he realized, like, St. Ambrose is this incredibly intelligent man. And that drew in St. Augustine, ultimately converted him to the faith. And St. Augustine is probably one of the, the most influential saints in all of history. One of. 
one of the first doctors of the church, I think. Mm-hmm. And then a couple more examples, St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, two of the greatest Carmelites that um, are typically well, pretty well-known Carmelites. Uh, they're spiritual, actually, spiritual mystics. Spiritual mystics. mystics. Um, yes, they they both were friends, <laughs> which is really interesting. St. Francis of Assisi and St. Dominic, two saints who started separate orders, um, orders that are still around, both of them, and they are friends with each other, which is really interesting. Yeah, so far what, we have the Franciscans, the Dominicans, and the Jesuits from the saints we've already talked about yeah, that were friends. that were friends with That's pretty other, wild to think. Yeah. And then St. Francis of Assisi was also friends with Claire of Assisi. It's just interesting. Saints, um, a lot of times saints just come in clusters, you know. You can make other saints just by being friends with them. And then we'll move into, do you have anything to say, actually, about that? Yeah, just uh, continue to look at that with your friendships, right? People always say, like, you know, I want to be a better person in whatever vague and uh, rather unconvincing language that is. So make that practical figure out what that being a better person means, uh, find it in the Lord, and pursue sainthood together. You know, going back to that list that Alex read, like, compare your friendships to that list, compare your friendships to these friendships of utility, pleasure, and virtue, right? And look at, you know, what does it mean to be a good friendship? Um, and, and as we continue with this theme um, in the weeks to come, we'll talk more about, like, what it looks like to form those relationships and how we go about doing that. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, if you're feeling like this is all very theoretical, <laughs> don't worry. We're going to, you know, work our way down into the practicalities of making these types of friendships. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is actually the first in a series of friendships. <laughs> like, yeah. we're going to be talking about this topic for a while because it is something really important, especially in college, because we have a lot of friendships and um, we want those friendships to be holy, you know. Like, bringing it a little more personal. Um, how we've experienced, you know, good friendship in our lives. So, personally, I I was luckier than uh, Trevor, I would say. I, have, I had a few friendships that were very... Like, they were good friendships. I still meet up with them whenever I go home. I don't know how virtuous they were, are, but, like, in some semblance, they are virtuous friendships. Uh, they're not necessarily pointing towards God, but they, like... They're people who, you know, call me out on things. They push me, um, stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I was really lucky. But on the other hand, here at college, I've definitely made more virtuous friendships. Like, um, I have people like Trevor, who just really, really hold me accountable, always point me towards God, always push me to be the best man I can be. And we just talk about virtuous things all the time. Um, we build up good habits in each other. We challenge each other in our conversations. Um, yeah, so virtuous friendships have been just the, one of the defining things that has separated my college experience um, from the rest mm-hmm. of my life. And I think that has been mainly because these friendships have been um, ones in which people saw each other's good, right? So that's that foundational level of what is a virtuous friendship. And my experience of that is I've just had, from all, and all different types of these virtuous friendships, right? So I've had um, the type of like mentor-mentoree uh, friendships, right? People who were older than me, maybe wiser, more experienced that like kind of um, sought my good while you know I learned how to seek their own in that relationship. Right, I've had these types of friendships with peers. Um, I've had these relationships with people that hopefully I've been able to be some sort of um, inspiration or example to with whatever limited amounts of wisdom I have. But yeah, I think what has been just very interesting about all of these different types of friendships is like I look back and I and I look at like how all these relationships have developed throughout college, 
and I realized that like I am the man I am today as a result of them and so yeah just my own personal reflection is is to always like yeah even if it feels weird to break boundaries in a friendship to always pursue that next level of friendship with people when you have the opportunity because especially these people and as we again teaser into the next few weeks the people that you identify are have a good basis for which to develop these deep kinds of friendships uh, these virtuous friendships people that you see virtue in um, be you know be willing and be vulnerable to take that next step into in, like you know maybe asking them into a deeper friendship or intentionally spending more time with them right that's why these friendships developed for me the way it was either someone took that risk with me or I took the risk with them um, take that risk of like them not necessarily being as into that friendship as you are so yeah that's really all I have to say about that um, I have a lot of these good relationships Alex and uh, a lot of my other friends um, so let's just close with a prayer then yeah yeah so Trevor do you want to close this out in a prayer dude uh, some might say I would be more than happy to mm. uh, more than happy to talk to you uh, oh Lord in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen Heavenly Father we thank you for the gift that is friendship uh, we thank you for the friends that you've placed in our life we thank you for um, the relationships that have been a part of our growing to know you more we thank you for the ways in which our friends throughout college, uh, throughout earlier years, um, you know, after college, if that's where we're at, wherever we're at, Lord, we thank you for how those friendships have helped us to get a understanding into you, who you are, um, your love for us, your desire for our good, um, your invitation to virtue. And Father, we just ask that um, as the good Father you are that gives good gifts to your children that you would continue to bestow on all of us the gift of good friendship whether that gift would alter alter our lives that it would radically transform us um, into christ followers these types of friendships that are going to help us pursue pursue virtue and father we just ask that you give us the gift um, of these friends that will hold us accountable um, and know that you would give us that gift abundantly I and mean, we thank you so much for the gifts that you've already given us in this front. Um, we say all these things as we acknowledge your fatherhood in our life, as we say our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week on Layman's Terms. <laughs> <laughs>